This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode's brought to you by Heidi. Imagine kicking back while a HIPAA-compliant AI scribe juggles your notes, ICD-10 codes, letters, billing, and all that jazz for free. Yeah, you heard us right. On the house, it's free. From the genius brain of Dr. Tom, who hated wasting his life writing notes, he started Heidi to change the game. Your Heidi transforms console babble into crisp, clear soap notes, personalizing itself with every edit you make. It's the next best thing to cloning yourself without the weird science behind it. One day, your Heidi will look through research, take calls, and do anything you don't want to. So what's the catch? There's no catch. If you currently pay for an AI scribe in your practice, you should swap to Heidi. They'll even credit you for anything you've already paid. Heidi will save you an hour or more a day without dipping into your wallet. Dive into the description for the link and make your practice the envy of every stethoscope in town. Sign up, lean back, and watch Heidi work its magic. All for free because you've got better things to do. We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably Probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a really fascinating guest with us today, Sonny, and he is an AI and emerging technology thought leader. He's contributed to Forbes, and he's also the host of the Blockchain Brief podcast. He's recently written a book, which we'll talk all about, and we're going to talk all about AI technology, and um, I'm really happy to welcome him to the show. So, Sonny, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so kind of uh, set the stage, talk about your background experience. Looks like you went to Harvard Business School and what you do now. My background is that I started in the tech industry uh, about 16, 17 years ago after business school and all that. I shouldn't be talking bad about business schools, but business schools don't make you business people or entrepreneurs. They make you uh, great corporate employees. So I started my life in the corporate world. 
worked in the corporate world for a while and very quickly realized that lifestyle, while financially very rewarding, wasn't in line with my values and principles. And uh, so that was sort of my turning point where I left the corporate world and uh, founded Vestec, which is a uh, emerging technologies company. Uh, and what we do, we do two things. We provide um, advisory and on-demand resources for emerging technologies uh, to companies in the middle market, but Fortune 500s, as well as government entities. So that's what we do at, the, uh, at this time. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Kind of, um, yeah, we were talking all about AI um, and implications, both in healthcare and elsewhere. Um, so we'll start off this intersection of AI and business and then strategy for success and kind of explore how AI is reshaping businesses and industry with a focus on practical applications. Absolutely. Lately, uh, Web3 has been a big uh, term uh, in, the, in the industry and everyone is talking about Web3. So instead of looking at AI or blockchain or other such technologies individually, my suggestion is that we look at Web3 holistically. And then that's when we get a more complete picture. Uh, in recent years, as you know, blockchain was a huge deal. Everyone was talking about blockchain. Uh, Bitcoin introduced the world to blockchain and then everybody want, wanted to know what blockchain is. We did several large-scale projects in blockchain, built blockchain-based platforms, new business models, um, all kinds of good stuff. But I always had this feeling that blockchain is, a, is an excellent solution that hasn't met its match yet. The problem. It hasn't met the, the, a, a worthy enough problem yet. Yeah. So when AI became popular, it, we've been working on AI for quite a few years. I think the first larger project that we did in the AI space was in 2015. And 2022, when ChatGPT was launched and all of a sudden, AI became a, a household name and everybody wanted to talk about it. Then the picture started to kind of become more clear. Now you look at the whole uh, bigger picture so on one hand, you have data collection, right? So that's your, that's your humans collecting data, that's your um, machines collecting data, aliens collecting data, doesn't matter. So data comes from somewhere. Then you put it in the middle in a secure place, that's your blockchain, it's a secure database. Then you apply AI and machine learning models on it and you find something insightful out of it, something actionable. And then you use different automation methods to, in some cases, automate different processes. So now it starts to make sense. But everything is based on that central layer, that's your data. So when we talk about AI, um, sometimes business leaders, they come to us and they say, well, I want to bring AI into my company. And my very first question is, do you have data? Because data is the foundation. Without data, whether it's your own or it's acquired from somewhere, there's no AI. Yeah. And, and we'll talk more about it. But AI is changing business models wherever a business model is based on data, based on information. Yeah. Wherever you see that there is huge amounts, huge piles of data available. So what are those industries? Very first one and the first adapter of AI, uh, first adopter of AI is your uh, fintech, financial industry. Finance, fintech, financial services, banking, everything in that universe. Then the second is healthcare, your former industry, yeah. right? Well, current too, right? Uh, so in the healthcare industry as well, because of the uh, need for regulations and the way healthcare system works and the research and all that, we have huge amounts of data available. And there's a lot on the line, lives up on the line, right? 
So there's enough motivation and there's enough data, we can implement AI-like technologies. You would think that AI would be huge in uh, entertainment and entertainment industry being one of the largest industries would be one of the first to adopt AI, but it wasn't. Although uh, current, uh, we had a meeting with Microsoft recently and uh, they uh, demoed some of the products for the entertainment industry space where AI will uh, really change the face of AI industry, uh, of the, sorry, entertainment industry and how movies are made and films are made and stories are written and all that kind of stuff, right? So now it's going in that uh, space as well. So long story short, any business that is heavily data-driven, which is every business these days, regardless what you do, you use data one way or the other. Now, depending on the size of the business, data might be internal or external. And that's where are you, that's where uh, the question whether you're going to build your own tool or you're going to adopt another pre-built, already available off-the-shelf tool, that becomes a relevant question then. Um, but that's kind of how the AI is impacting the industry. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was listening to one of the, um, the Microsoft Satya's keynotes on YouTube, and he was talking about how AI is this general purpose technology. It's like the infrastructure, which we were talking about. Um, and then we were actually talking about a very interesting thing where it's, um, where it's commoditizing, uh, mental labor, like the industrial age, like machines commoditize physical labor. And now AI is commoditizing mental labor. So talk about that role and the role that healthcare and, um, uh, either knowledge-based industries, law lawyers as well. Talk about that. The current form of AI is primarily machine learning. What is machine learning? Machine learning is look at this large sets of data, try to detect patterns, and then based on those patterns, determine how things need to be done, and then use that to create something new. A prime example of that is ChatGPT. You can go to ChatGPT and you can tell ChatGPT that look at all the writings and speaking engagements of Chris, then build me a virtual Chris. Write me a love note in the style of Chris. It'll do it because it has your style. It has, you know, how you wrote. So it can, so wherever that data is available. What I did, uh, I took last 10 years of my writings, uploaded them into ChatGPT, and I said, okay, now write me a whatever, a business proposal or, a, or, or an article in, this, in, in Sunny's style. I call it Sunny.ai, right? And it does that. And it's like, pretty close to um, how, how it's done. So that's, that's commoditizing of mental labor, right? In the past, recently I finished a business, business proposal. In the past, that business proposal would have taken me several days, if not a whole week, uh, to write. Using all my background, using all my knowledge, using all my research, and using my team to support me, then we would take about several days to a week to write that business proposal. Yeah. This time, I wrote that proposal over one weekend. As a matter of fact, I wrote it in one day, a few hours, and then I took several more hours to go through it and make sure what it's producing is, is actually accurate. Uh, and that's a key point. AI, at this point, it's not something that we can 100% rely on with eyes closed. You cannot replace doctors. You cannot replace other experts. We still need them because they are the ones who are going to make sure that the output of AI is accurate, Right. Uh, so that was a side note. So any any in, uh, another example that I've shared uh, on different forums recently is that 
uh, we built a product for the in, for an industrial environment help desk type situation where this help desk is created inside the industrial environment to support technicians working on different machines. Mm-hmm. In the past, you would need one help desk person supporting 10 technicians. Now you have one help desk person supporting over 100 technicians, maybe even more. Why? Because we created we, we took all their FAQs and all their complex uh, knowledge uh, and solutions from the last 15, 15, 20 years that are specific to this industrial environment and the machines they use. We put them in a custom uh, GPT, trained it on their particular data, and we gave it to the technicians and we said, you know, carry it with you in your pocket on your mobile device. And if you run into a problem, if your machine is not running optimally or there's a problem of any sort, you know, pull out your phone, ask the question, it'll tell you what to do. So now the mental labor of those people the help desk people were, you know, one to about 10 uh, technicians. Now, it, because the, the, the need for that mental labor has reduced so much that now you just need really one person there as a backup in case situations where GPT can't help for whatever reason, then you need a human. Uh, generally speaking, humans are still cheaper than, than AI. Uh, there was a study just came out, I think, of MIT last week that said human labor is still cheaper than AI. But that's that's for now, not for too long. Yeah, it's quite interesting because um, prior to ChatGPT, uh, like my editing team, and that was spending you know on the order of tens of thousands per year for the mm-hmm. team, and then um, then with ChatGPT and AI editing and generative AI, yeah, I, I could reduce all my my total cost for editing and everything was like in the uh, you know less than five thousand dollars a year, and it was like yeah. producing 10x my output. The other interesting question is, um, you me- you mentioned, um, you alluded to surgeons or when we were uh, conversing earlier and, um, you know, there's this, this, uh, future where, you know, robotics could be doing the surgery, but, you know, we have, um, we have governments and we have politicians, you know, blocking that. So you said that surgeons are okay for now against AI, but you said not for long. I'm curious. I'm just curious for my own edification if you think robots will replace surgeons. Yeah. So uh, a common question that I'm asked is, is AI going to take my job? Is AI stealing my job? And my response to that is AI is not going to steal your job, but other people who are very comfortable with AI, who are learning AI, they're going to take your job. They, they are your competition, not the robots. So at least for the time being. So having said that, AI is data-driven. So wherever data or information, as we just talked about it just a minute ago, um, where, for example, a physician listens to a lot of information, takes data from the lab reports, for example, takes data from the history of a patient, and based on that, determines that this patient needs to either uh, be referred to a surgeon or, or another expert specialist, or they need to take this medicine. This is this whole is very much data-intensive converse, uh, process flow, right? Yeah. Um, so in this scenario, you can easily replace, if not right now, maybe in the very near future, those physicians can probably be replaced because the whole process flow is exchange of information and nothing else. The surgeon scenario that we talked about is that surgeon takes all that information. So that can be AI, that part, but then surgeon uses their hands to perform a surgery. Of course, there are a bunch of machines out there um, that are claimed to be robotic surgeons, 
but there are actually remotely controlled or, or, or machine assisted surgery type situations where a surgeon would use these machines as a tool. Yeah. Uh, the very first machine uh, that was introduced not too long ago, within the last month actually, that performed a uh, appendix removal procedure. Uh, and it was completely autonomous. Mm. So that was the first somewhat, uh, uh, you know, significant surgery that was done completely by a robot. So are we getting to a point where robots can, com uh, can completely replace surgeons? I doubt that. Probably, you know, for, for a while, I think we are okay. And, and the reason is that risk is too high. Mm -hmm. And especially, I mean, your generation, my generation, I don't know if we're going to feel comfortable with a robot trying to remove our appendices, you know, or anything. Yeah. We often talk about machines and what machines are going to do, but there's not a lot of talk about how humans relate with machines, mm -hmm. right? If you um, get a chance, I, I, I would suggest that, you know, you read my book. Uh, that's my shameless plug there. Yeah. So in the in the book, I dedicated quite a bit of the conversation on humans' reaction to the machines. Even when machines are completely able to do uh, to perform their tasks perfectly, or even better in some situations, humans don't feel comfortable with the machines. In some scenarios, in some scenarios they, they do. I shared with you a quick story earlier um, before we started uh, recording. Is the uh, story of this uh, behavioral health group that we we've, we've been working with. So they, they have um, dozens of therapists who meet with their clients once a week, or typically. And so the question was, the therapist meets with a patient once a week, but what, what happens during the week when the patient is on their own? So what if we gave them a virtual therapist, which is trained on the primary therapist that the patient is using, right? So if Chris is the therapist of a patient, the, 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 um, AI that we would give to this patient would be Chris AI, Chris.ai, right? So that would be trained on Chris's method, Chris's conversations, Chris's history, knowledge, education, all that. So we did that. And then we ran a test study. And in the test study, we told these patients that um, you're going to have conversations with a uh, AI therapist and all your conversations will be recorded and will be used for training purpose. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, sure. My assumption was that the patients would be very hesitant in opening up because one, it's a machine. Two, um, we are saying everything you say is going to be recorded. When you go to a therapist's office, therapist tells you that everything you say, privacy, nothing will be disclosed, you know, therapist-patient confidentiality and all that. With the machine, we said, no, we're recording everything. To my surprise, the result was patients were more open to the machine than to the humans. Yeah. Even when we are saying the humans aren't, they're giving uh, a promising confidentiality, machine is not promising confidentiality. Yeah. But humans were more comfortable talking to a machine than to other human. And in some cases, they disclose things that then we had to think what to do with that information because one was a story of infidelity. You know, it's like, oh, darn. Now, what, what do we do with this information? <laughs> of course, we didn't do anything. We just used it for, for the machine training purpose. But the model of the story is that we have to take humans' reaction, human behavior into, into, into the equation as well when we talk about what machines can do. The question is not what machines can do. The question, also part of the question is, are we going to allow the machines to do that? In, in the story that I shared, humans were more comfortable talking to machines. But th there are a few other stories that I've uh, mentioned in the book 
where a, a machine clearly can do the job better than a human, but the human feels threatened by the machine and reacts negatively to the machine. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I don't know what your question was. I forgot. It's quite <laughs> interesting because you talk about um, basically, because I know, for example, I know a lot of, um, for example, Tony Robbins, he is training AI to look through all of his, you know, decades of videos and seminars and kind of compile it into this AI so that when he leaves, he can still continue on his, his uh, helping others. And, you know, this idea of telerobotic surgery, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Is it something that we're going to see like in the Terminator? Um, how can people, um, find out your book? I know you've written a book and how can people, um, find out more about the work that you do? So the book is available on all, uh, booksellers platforms, your Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you know, all other places. And, um, so that's that. And uh, what I do, uh, the best way to connect with me is LinkedIn uh, because I share lots of information and industry updates and, you know, all kinds of stuff on LinkedIn. So that's probably is the best way to connect with me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for all the audience out there, let's thank Sonny for a very fascinating conversation. And, you know, the term AI and the concept of AI is coming up more and more in everyday conversations. So I love having influencers and experts talk about it. Be sure to check out his book on Amazon. Uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Chris. I really enjoyed it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks again to Heidi. Elevate your practice with a free AI scribe, zero cost, HIPAA compliant, and ever learning. Heidi turns tedious tasks into time safe. Ready to swap? We've got you covered for past AI scribe expenses. Head to HeidiHealth.com, get started, and make your practice the envy of every stethoscope in town. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.